Free admission, 9 p.m. Friday, January 14th, 2022. So you want to uh, check that out. Go to their website. Uh, let's see, www.shrinenewyorkcity.com or call 212-690-7807. You must bring proof of vaccination is required. Okay, there you go. All righty. All right, let's start the show with some music, shall we? Okay, uh, I don't know, it's so cold. I don't want to play any more Christmas music because it's too cold for that. Oh, but it's a good day to get your chores done, right? Let's see. Oh, I like this one, Afterbirth Monkey, Cross Country. Why not? Life is tough in NYC, though it's our home sweet home. When life's a grind, we seem to find the Let us leave our home aside for opportunity. Let's pack the car and take a ride from sea to shining sea together. Cross-country highway, pedestrians, you and me, traveling the nation, looking at the landmarks. Fun. 
Yes. But I thought that you said that we were going on a murder spree, we were going to do something less messy, like, I don't know, like find a bunch of people with heart conditions and make them ride a roller coaster or uh, like, like, just like, just like choke somebody until they like get lightheaded enough that they like pass out and bonk their head on the on a bathtub. Look, I don't have the upper body strength to strangle anyone to death just to orgasm. But I, I pass out at the sight of blood. Look, all I know is I packed a bag full of knives and two matching Hello Kitty ponchos for us. Aww. Oh, look so cute. I know. All right, but you got to promise me that if I pass out, that you will catch me. Absolutely. And, and drop the knife. The body count grows higher every day. Salty snacks, you meant things like like Cheddar Bay biscuits or uh, 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 Chex Mix. Well, listen, there's really no caloric value in consuming human flesh. You know, we're doing it for the ritual. You know, you like you see someone and you see the light go out of your eyes, and then you consume them, and you gain their strength, and it's all about getting their strength. You know, it's about, it's about the strength, it's not about the salt, it's about the strength. But I don't know that I'm 100% capable of consuming human flesh. Look. All I know is I bought a hot plate that plugs into a cigarette lighter and my own personal copy of To Serve Man. Oy vey. We're gonna eat the people that we slay. they do to gay people in jail? The same thing they do to straight people in jail. Butt but stuff. stuff. Oh. <sighs> Look, listen. All I know is we are never going to get famous singing comedy music. Ouch! Listen, I know, I know. We have a great, we have a great studio. We're having a really good session. But it's just not enough, you know, diminishing returns. We're not going to be on the radio singing about butts, Okay. <coughs> I just figure that this road trip could be our opportunity to put ourselves on the map. Literally. Literally. Ah, man. I guess I just always thought that we would get famous with, like, a... I don't know. You know, like, we could, like, have, like, a a cologne line. Uh, well, no one's ever going to want to spray themselves with afterbirth anything. We, we, we could get famous with a sex tape. Ew, no. Ew. 
No offense, but no. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Look through the glass. Cross-country trips, they don't come cheap, which you and I both know. With the price of gas, we're on our ass, cause we don't have the dough. With an audience like this, that makes us feel sublime. No need to load up for the road, we can slaughter on our Check them out. Oh, they're great. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, always great to hear them. Okay. Afterbirth Monkey. Love you. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll keep it moving right along today. Uh, oh, Alan Bell tells the story of how he became a comedy writer. How about that? <laughs> I wanted to be a comedy writer. I always did ever since I was a little boy growing up on Long Island, but I was in uh, college and there was no courses, there was no curriculum, there was no way, there was no road to take to become a comedy writer. So I figured, gee, maybe I'll become a lawyer, have something to fall back on. And um, my grades were okay, but they made me take this test, uh, the, the law boards, the LSATs, are you familiar with this test? Which was, um, they're graded from 200 to 800, if you can write your name, you get a 200. If you're Albert Einstein, you get an 800. If you're me, I got a 390, which reclassified me as a mineral, like uh, right away. And I, I got a 390. I went home to Long Island, told my Jewish parents that I got a 390 on the law boards. And about a week later, this is after they uncovered the mirrors. And... Um, <laughs> and got up from those wooden boxes that they had brought in. My father handed me, my father handed me $1,000, which I then handed to a guy named Stanley Kaplan. You, you know this guy? He's all over, he's got these schools where they teach you how to prepare to take standardized tests. And for six months, $1,000, six months, I'm there with the, uh, the earphones on and the number two pencils and taking the old test and, and just really focusing on taking, retaking the law boards, which I did six months later, where my score catapulted up to a 401. <laughs> so I figured at that rate, I'd be 90 and my father would be broke by the time I got into an English-speaking law school. <laughs> So I started writing jokes for Catskill comedians, old comedians who were working the Borscht Belt, the Jewish Alps, called the Catskill Mountains. The, the Catskill Mountains in the 50s and the 60s were the spawning ground for comedians. I wrote for every Morty, Dickie, Freddie, and uh, Lee that ever lived, okay? 
I'm 21, they're 50 years old, and they're paying me $7 a joke. That was the rate that I got, $7 a joke. And some of them were just real pains in the ass about it because they'd only pay me if the joke got a laugh. Yeah. So what I would do is I would get in my parents' car on a Friday or Saturday night, drive from Long Island up to the Catskill Mountains, to the Concord Hotel, to the Neville Grossings, wherever it was. I'd sit in the back of the room, and I'd listen to my jokes being told. And then one of the comedians, the comedian would come off the stage, and he'd come up to me and he goes, boy, you know that joke about paving the driveway really didn't get a laugh. And I said, gee, I, I heard a laugh. <laughs> and then we would bargain. And, 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 and I'd go home with four bucks, you know. So, you know, I was 21, they're 50. You know, it was like writing to my parents' friends. And I was different sensibilities, and I really didn't want to uh, write for them, but these were the only people that I knew. And I um, looked around and go, no, I've got to change something here. I've got to change. And what I did was, there were two clubs in New York at the time. This is in the mid-'70s now. It's a Catch a Rising Star and the Improvisation. There were two showcases where the newer breed of comedians at the time were coming through. So what I did was I took all the jokes that these older guys wouldn't buy from me, and I made it up into a stand-up comedy act for myself. And I went to the club, and my plan, my plan was to go on stage, deliver the jokes with the hopes that a manager, an agent, a TV executive, all of whom were hanging out at these clubs now, would like the material and give me a job. The first week that I'm there, I met a guy who was also starting out. His name is Billy Crystal. And he was starting, and we became fast friends. I lived in Woodmere, Long Island with my, my parents, and he lived in Long Beach, Long Island with his wife and kid. He's more mature than I am, okay? <laughs> and every night he would take his little blue Volkswagen and pick me up at my parents. By the way, in case it ever comes up in conversation, this is the international symbol for little blue Volkswagen, okay? <laughs> He would pick me up at my parents' house, we'd go into the city, tell our jokes, and then he would take me home. I'm about four months into this experiment, I'm on stage about one o'clock in the morning, having the hardest time in the world making these six drunks from Des Moines laugh. <laughs> I get off the stage and I'm really upset, it was horrible, I go over to the bar and I'm hanging my head and waiting for Billy to get done so I can get a ride home. When a guy comes and he sits down next to me, and just starts staring at me, and staring at me, and finally I go, what? He goes, you know, you're the worst comedian I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I said, I know, why, why rub this in like this? What are you doing? He said, well, your material's not bad. Did you write it? I said, yeah. He said, can I see more of it? I said, you bet. I didn't even ask who it was at first, because I would have shown it to like a gardener at this point, okay? <laughs> Ends up, this guy is Lorne Michaels. That's a great story, isn't it? All righty. And, and look at him now. So many books, so many movies. All right. You've got more stories. But we'll do some music today. How about that? Okay. Uh, let's see. I don't, I don't know what to do. Um, no, not to do comedy again. Uh, mm. I, I try to feel inspired. I got a large switchboard here. Here, there's something very uplifting. How about this? Yeah. Hello, handsome. How do you do? Hello, handsome. What a brew. Hello, handsome. Care to both with a handsome coffee roaster. If you need a cup today, got the best looking brew. Got some hot and 
Yes. What date is this? You're married 33 years? And he still has his arm around you? Let's hear it! Oh my God! I spend most of my life going, get off me. Get off me. You're too close. You're breathing on me. You're using my hair. That's my hair. That's my hair. And let's hear it. I want to, the ladies running the, the bar and doing everything there. Oh, look at you, little popcorn lady together. Popcorn lady. Now, let me, I can't tell. Are you related or friends? A little combination of both. Oh, God. She's like a mafia down there. A little combination. Funny you should ask. Be careful on your way out tonight. You guys look like you're up to some fundraising or something at this table here. You guys?
Lost Dog, okay, Lost Dog. Which, by the way, could have been the roadkill I saw coming in. Just saying. That was, that was nice, that was nice. It sent right across the, the hotel, it's very nice. Everybody's so, everybody's so nice here. I, I, but I felt like I was getting jumped by the hotel staff. Everybody was trying to help me so much, and I was just trying to, I'm just trying to get my room. You don't have to help me, please, stop, stop, help me. Well, they were, it was very nice. It's a nice town, I like it too. A very Aryan crowd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed that. Oh, I'm sorry, where are you from? You from New York City? You're Jewish? Hey! We're all Miss Bucca! I'm Nancy Lombardo, and this has been Ladies of Thank you for listening in. This has been What's the Buzz New York with your host, me, Nancy Lombardo. Don't forget, my music is available for download on Amazon, and so is my book. It's on Kindle, A Pocket Full of Confidence on Amazon. Look up Nancy Lombardo, Amazon. Anyway, everyone stay warm, stay well, stay safe, and cover your face and wash your hands. All right. This is it. What's the Buzz New York with your host, Nancy Lombardo. Big kiss. Bye-bye.